Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie McIntyre here, and I'm Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, and we're returning to our series of podcasts focusing on teaching assistants. I'm joined by the wonderful Andy Bridge, a current deputy head teacher, and Debbie Davis, head teacher of an independent special school and experienced SENCO. Welcome both of you to join today. The massive growth in the number of TAs in schools has been driven by concerns about teacher workload and because of the commitment to inclusive practice, supporting students with SEND to stay in mainstream school where possible. We touched on this in our previous podcast. So this podcast, we're actually going to talk about how TAs are actually physically used in the classroom, in schools, and also what research tells us about the impact of the work that they do. So I'm going to start with Andy. We've mentioned the huge increase in the number of TAs in schools. And um, I think we shared in the last podcast that the annual cost now is something like 4.4 billion a year, which is just incredible. What what impact is this having on the children actually physically in the classroom? What what kind of evidence are we seeing around this? Yeah. Hi, Georgie. Do you know, it's a really interesting question because um, I, I would say until a couple of years ago, it wasn't really clear what impact it was having or not. And you said 4.4 billion is a massive amount of money. Understandably, like it's public money and the, the DFE needs to account for that um, and the government. And, and is this working? Like we're putting this money in. Is it having is it having an impact? Is it working? Um, so the EEF have done a really large scale study, drawing together data from all different trials and studies, and they've summarised it into a really handy um report of recommendations I guess for for school leaders um, and at first reading it, it it can be a bit depressing actually about the impact mm. of TAs in terms of learning and what, what's happening on children so one of the big studies that they looked at was about like the academic impact what's the impact on outcomes GCSE results when children are supported by TAs um, and, and generally they found that typically it's not leading to any improvements in fact 16 out of the 21 results were negative saying that the students that are supported by TAs actually make less progress, um, which is obviously not good. Um, There is some emerging evidence where schools were using TAs really effectively, but that EEF report found that that's very inconsistent. It's not widespread. It's not embedded in our system. Um, So I guess really that just shows, like hopefully this podcast and other streams of information will help schools to use TAs in the best way possible because what that shows us is some of the current practices aren't having that impact. Um, so that's, I guess, academic outcomes. In terms of softer skills, if you like, like behaviour and engagement, um, the report found that teachers anecdotally say, yeah, students are more engaged when they're working with a TA or they can concentrate more, but it was anecdotal evidence and there wasn't really anything conclusive to say that that, that definitely is the case. Um, the the one bit that's really positive at the moment is that TAs have definitely reduced that administrative burden on teachers. And that was one of the 
key drivers um, was a piece of work that the DfE did and in consultation with unions about eliminating unnecessary teacher workload and we ended up with a list of tasks that shouldn't be part of a teacher's responsibilities um, and, and this study really found that TAs have been helpful in reducing that administrative burden on teachers that just allows them to focus on that teaching and learning so overall it is really mixed there's there's many TAs doing fantastic work and as much as that sounds a bit depressing it's not to like discredit TAs in any way because they're many of them that work so hard for the maximum benefit of the students but I think it just highlights like as school leaders as senkos as teachers we need to think about strategy for how we can use them in the best way we can rather than just thinking as a TA they'll just get on with the job. Mm, yeah absolutely and that comes back to the de development piece isn't it and them actually understanding the value that they can add and and what they what they're there to do as well and that you, it, you know they need to know and have guidance around what their role is and also I think there's an educational piece with teachers as well isn't there around um, how to use and, and, and best sort of support the TAs in their classroom. So Debbie what, what did the EEF find is happening at the moment then that isn't leading to the improvements and outcomes we would have hoped for? Well just to echo what you both mentioned about it really does sound quite negative to say that TAs aren't having an impact on students. We have some wonderful TAs who, who really work hard and I think it comes back to what both you and Andy have alluded to in, in the fact that you know they're using the best strategies that we possibly can to pave the way forward. But the EEF report is really clear in that it isn't meant as a negative comment about TAs. There are thousands and thousands of incredibly committed, hardworking TAs that are doing their very best for students. But that is the responsibility of the school leaders to ensure that there is a clear strategy in place for how TAs are used and that will and how that will have the biggest impact. So the EF study found that there are three main ways that TAs are currently working that we could have a, a, a look at in a bit more detail. So firstly, the first is that the TAs are used to provide an informal instructional role supporting students with those students with the greatest need. Secondly, it found that TAs tended to be focused on what we call task completion rather than on deepening the learning. And, and finally, uh, the third the third point is that TAs aren't often adequately prepared for their role and we've talked about this and they don't get time built into their day for liaising with the teachers so I guess what comes out there is what was said before it, it, adequate preparation and liaising with the teachers about the communication um, and the dialogue that goes off between teachers and TAs yeah, thank you for sharing those because it is it's good to be open about the uh, the improvements that are needed and 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 think about how we can perhaps approach them in the classroom again. Let's look at each of those in turn then, so um, and unpack them a bit further. So, Andy, the first finding was about the TAs are providing more of an informal instructional role for those with the greatest need, but surely that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, I think it sounds like it should be like those students that have that extra need. have got somebody sitting by their side to give them that extra support. And so on the surface, you would think brilliant. But actually, when they started digging into what impact it has, um, they found that because teachers are aware there's a TA sitting with a certain student, that the teacher then prioritised their time and their efforts and their questioning 
on other students so the teacher who um you know they're, they're the most qualified the most experienced they've got the subject knowledge was often inadvertently ignoring the SEND student not with any intention to do so but just thinking the TA is working with them they're fine I'll focus on everyone else so we ended up with this kind of totally the opposite of what it was intended where we intended the SEN students have extra support but actually the impact in some cases was that they had less support than anybody because the teacher wasn't giving them that impact that, that sorry giving them the input that other children in the group were receiving and that and that's quite a, a, a an interesting sort of you know dichotomy isn't it it's it's just uh, you know it's what you would expect but but not isn't it the outcome is very yeah. very different i think it's hard because you i guess as, as one teacher and one ta you might have 30 children you're thinking about how can how can we split ourselves in the best way to support all the students so naturally you might think well if the ta is working with that group mm -hmm. focus on on other students and, and maybe not think through what that long-term impact could be yeah yeah very very interesting very, so deb sorry go on debbie you were you're gonna build on that. that that just very interesting you know some great points being made really so what about the second findings then debbie only i know you touched on this that tas tend to focus on task completion rather than sort of the deeper learning that um you know what does that mean what when we reference that uh, okay, so the EF found studies suggesting TA to pupil interactions can be less formal and, and more personalised, which can be really beneficial. But because the TA isn't necessarily involved in the big, bigger picture and planning across a scheme of work, it may not be a subject, that person may not be a subject specialist as well, that their support can focus on, again, task completion or completing tasks rather than actually supporting the learning process so the young people or the children can can grow um, their learning uh, opportunities so the danger with this is that the students can become reliant on the ta ta pardon me the ta helping them or in some cases doing work for them it could actually lead to students becoming actually less independent with mm what we refer to as a learned helplessness which is exactly the opposite of of what we would actually want to achieve regardless of the tremendous amounts of hard work that the TAs are giving yeah, if it, that makes sense yeah absolutely it, it's almost that they're they're not equipping the SEND students with the metacognitive metacognitive skills that I put my teeth in today um, and <laughs> skills that they perhaps need so they're not learning how to learn they're becoming very dependent on the person that's sitting with them so that's um yeah, that's a really really interesting sort of concept as well so Andy what about the final finding around uh, TAs that they aren't adequately prepared for the role and I think that's that's quite key for me coming from our sort of background with we offering professional development for TAs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've alluded to this before that in many schools, the, the training and the CPD provision for TAs has often not been given the same high status as um, training and CPD and input for teaching staff. And, you know, we've said we, we need to do something to rectify that. These students, these teaching assistants are often working with really vulnerable students they need to be highly trained they, they deserve that the ta deserves that for their career development and the pupils deserve that for their own um 
development as well. So it's a bit depressing that one that they mm. don't um, input in many schools. But as you said, um, organisations such as this one can help with that. There's others as well. Um, something that we've done in my school, which was a really simple change and isn't a great financial expense. Um, our TAs just used to work eight until three um, yeah. and then would go home when the children did. Whereas any new TAs that we now employ work until four o'clock. So there's time built in after school where they can have training, they can access that support. They've got an opportunity to liaise with the teachers. Mm -hmm. So like a really simple shift, but actually it shows a bit of investment in TAs and it gives them the time that they need to be able to do those things. So, yeah, you know, we've said um, many TAs kind of maybe start a job, get hired and start on day one, just providing that in-class support, whereas actually just like you would with a teacher, they need a training programme, they need mm -hmm. instruction. Onboarding, yeah. Yeah, onboarding, they need to know about metacognition like you just talked about and the fact that it's not just sitting next to a student and helping them fill in the worksheet, we're helping them to become independent and they need to understand that process of what good teaching and learning looks like. Mm. Building that time into the timetables, you know, we mentioned what a challenge it can be to get that consistent staffing, but wherever that's possible, it just means that the TA is not going into lessons feeling like blind and, and feeling like they're, they're at the same point as the students. They should feel more prepared. They should feel like they know what's coming next, like they know where the learning's leading to. Um, and I, I don't think they're necessarily difficult to achieve. It just requires us to prioritise it and give it some forethought and planning. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I could just come in on the back of what you've just said, Andy, when we talk about induction, that process for me is absolutely essential for a TA. So when when we talk about them understanding how the lesson unfolds and we talk about them understanding how the teacher is going to be working and what their role is within that lesson, for me, within the induction pro process, there's there's another area that we could explore and we should explore in that we give the data to the TAs about the young people or the students that they're actually working with. So a TA would never go in blind working with an autistic child and not understanding how that child works or, for instance, a child with SEMH or a child with social and emotional difficulties. So they would understand what the needs and the triggers were of each child so they didn't place themselves in a situation where they actually regressed a child or mm -hmm. didn't help them in some way if that if if um, I think that would probably be a better way to start an induction progress for a TA. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, Andy. I, I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, Debbie's talking there about induction which is great. But then for me, it's like what follows on from that. And maybe we shouldn't assume that it needs to be a one size fits all approach. So you mentioned earlier, Georgia, there might be some TAs who aspire to be teachers and mm. might need to put a training and support program in place to enable them to progress their careers in that way. There might be other um, TAs who being a TA is exactly what they want to do and they're not interested in teaching. So it's about finding them the training and the provision that helps them to be as effective as they can be within their existing role. Um, and we might have TAs that want to go in and specialise, Debbie mentioned in, in the first podcast about the four different areas of need that are identified in the um, code of practice. TAs might want to specialise in more than in one of those areas of SEN or 
I guess it links to what the school needs, what the TA is interested in, what the SENCO's vision is, and trying to find something that hooks in every single teacher and assistant to feel that their learning and their career is valued and that they've got a, a massive contribution to make to the success of the children. I think it's a real cultural shift as well, isn't it? As, and, you know, that previously we may have felt that TAs were almost like a band-aid, an additional sort of backup if if you've got a busy class with a few challenges, but just just sort of pop in there and, and give them some extra help and do some things. And actually being really considered about how you approach that and doing the careful planning in, in collaboration with the teacher in the classroom and thinking about, you know, that what suits that student, investing a bit of time can really, really make a difference, I think, definitely. Debbie, did you want to finish finally on on those sort of thoughts? Just a, just a thought. If if we really do go deeply into the needs of the of the TA, mm -hmm. um, if you've got a TA who has been working really closely with a young person, and we've we've mentioned words like you know independence and helplessness, and they do sort of latch on to the TA, and the TA becomes uh, you know um, uh, some a, a scaffolding for want of a better way to describe how important they can become. For me, the TA needs to be absolutely versed in safeguarding procedures because mm -hmm. in those situations, young people and students may offload or disclose to a TA in the first instance. And obviously you have to have those procedures absolutely in place as well to support everyone there. Yeah, thank you for sharing and a really, really important point to uh, wrap up today. So overall, I think we can summarise that TAs are a fantastic opportunity for schools to give SEND students the additional support, but it shouldn't just be ad hoc. It, it needs to have a full strategy uh, around it and that the TAs and teachers need to be trained on how they can have the biggest impact as a team. So in terms of these strategies and approaches, this is what we're going to unpick in our next two podcasts. Um, and we're going to explore how TAs can have the biggest impact when they're supporting inside the classroom and then how they can do the same when working with students out, outside of the mainstream classroom, which we haven't really touched on yet. You can pick up our After the Bell podcasts, which are released on a weekly basis and they're designed to give and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And you can listen uh, to this on your daily commute if you're walking the dog or having a little exercise or just as your focus of the day. You've been listening to After the Bell. Thank you for joining us again today. Mm -hmm.